Blog Talk Radio. This is the Shanice Lewis Show, the number one podcast for plus-size women. With your host, the queen of curvy conversation, Shanice Lewis. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Shanice Lewis. Today is Wednesday, April 20th, 2020. Make sure you're following this show's social media pages on Facebook at The Shanice Lewis Show and on Instagram and Twitter at Shanice Show. And make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast provider and never miss a show. Today, we have a very special guest. Born in Baltimore and raised in Howard County, Maryland, Sharnice White is a economist, curator, pattern maker, and full package technical designer with 10 plus years of experience, a social justice, civil rights, and women's rights activist. Sharnice lives for being a champion for the underrepresented. She curates and dreams for little black girls and children who don't see representation of themselves in fashion on the runway and behind the runway. Sharnice was inspired to be a designer after attending Spelman College and getting involved in fashion clubs that crossed over with Clark Atlanta to throw fashion shows. Sharnice owns two sister lines that offers up to sizes 5X and 30, Pinecone Row and Barkwood. The former is named after the street she grew up on, and the latter speaks to the woman she is and aspires to be. Pinecone Row, the fun and trendy of the two, was launched during the pandemic after realizing the need for more modernly priced clothing was imminent. Barkwood was launched in 2017 and was temporarily closed due to COVID, but is set to reopen in September 2022 and is more modern, contemporary, and an elevated brand. Sharnice is a finalist for the Cultivate Award Year 2, presented by the Kirby Fashionista with founding sponsor Eloquy, and we are so excited to speak with her today. Let's welcome Sharnice to the show. Hi. Hey, what a beautiful introduction and happy 420, everybody. Yes, happy 420 to you. And, (laughs) you know, our names are really similar. I am positive somebody has called me Sharnice before, even though there is no R in my name. They call me all kind of stuff all the time. So I'm sure. Okay. And I'm positive I've been Shanice here or there. Right. So, <laughs> so, so we, we're, we're one in the same with the names, with the first names. So tell us, what is your background before you even got into the fashion industry? Um, yes, well, I'm truly, I feel like my whole background really is, is fashion industry. Um, I have a degree in economics from Stolman College. That's where I went, not right after high school, I actually went to another college my first year, but that's why I graduated with a BA in economics. But then I set out on my, on my fashion journey. I mean, I went to New York for a summer. Um, I went to Stidham and, um, yeah, I, I, that's kind of what I, pride my brand in is that it's not self-taught. 
I'm I'm highly trained. Right now, I'm a fit tech for Amiri. Um, that's a high-end contemporary brand, and, and I work with a lot of factories in Italy. So I really try to bring that craftsmanship, that worksmanship, that super well-made product, highly engineered um, product into um, my, my pieces. So they go extra small to 5X, 0 to 30, um, and I just really work to make sure that, that, that the integrity of my designs are well-kept across um, each and every size. So, so, so did yeah. you get your degree? <laughs> did you did get your degree in economics to please your family, but you really wasn't into it? Yeah, you know, it's obvious. And I'm blessed where my parents really did help me financially um, with my um, college education. So, and I honestly didn't know what I wanted to do when I when I left high school. I mean, you don't see black people in fashion. I'm from the East Coast. I'm from Maryland. Um, and it's funny out here in L.A., I'm, I'm, my brand and I am ba- are based in L.A. Um, but literally, I just met somebody the other day, and they're like, you know, you can always tell a Maryland person because how, how we dress. Hey, shout out to Maryland because we are super fly. I mean, we just get it. Hey, Pinecone Row, Maryland brand, Maryland inception, I guess. Pinecone Row is the street that I, that I grew up on. Um, I lost my train of thought. Sorry, guys. I'm just really excited to be on. <laughs> well, so what inspired you to specifically get into plus size fashion design when you did decide to do it? Yeah, well, growing up, I'm I'm about 5'10", and I, I was a large child. I was always 98th percentile, I remember that, of, of my sizes, so tall and large. Um, I believe, I mean, when I was in sixth grade, um, I remember, or was it fifth grade? I just remember going school clothes shopping, and I couldn't go to Limited 2. I remember when I grew out of Limited 2, but in, like, fifth, sixth grade, and I was shopping at Lane Bryant, and God bless Lane, Lane Bryant. Um, at the time, though, being in my adolescence, preteens, I wasn't real cute. There was no cute clothes to go, and I just felt very over there. I had to go to a strip mall. I wasn't at the mall. When I was at the mall, I was shopping on different racks. But I do, and today I am, let me be clear, I'm straight size. I'm my base size medium. And even back then at my largest, I believe I was about a size 20. So shout out to the infinity size. It's just I just understand that feeling of being othered. I'm also a black woman. Um, so I just want to speak to people that feel um, unheard. I, I just know how that feels. Even my career in tech, I, I wanted to do design. Um, but I feel like I was just kind of pushed into tech because nobody could see my black A in in fashion, to be honest. But it was such a blessing because I learned so much about literally engineering, developing the product. Um, I know a lot of designers that they, they can't really make anything, so it's hard to design. You can't construct it. You can't deconstruct. So I just learned a lot about construction. And I just worked really hard to make sure that my product fits. Um, so that's kind of what has inspired me. I just continue to get inspired. The more that I work in the industry behind the scenes, um, I see people, I see their process, and, and, and it's like, well, well, that's why it doesn't fit. I, I can see from the development through the prototyping that larger bodies aren't really considered. In fact, it's so funny because I'll see in fitting for these higher-end brands um, that they'll add a button, but in the wrong direction. For example, think a cuff. If your cuff on a button up is too small, and it has like the two buttons for sizing, but they'll always add a button on the inside. They'll say, "What about for the small wrist?" And it's like, "What about for the big wrist? The small wrist is not." They have so many options. So I'm just inspired every day by the lack of consideration for other people, honestly. And and this is an opportunity to 
do my part to help in that. There's so many areas in the world that need help today. Um, I mean, we honestly don't need more clothes, but I, that's why I try to keep my sustainability. Um, um, I, I, I'm very aware in that sense, but we do need clothes that fit. So just trying to be in a working to be an aware brand, not even trying. I am. There's always room for growth. I, I want to build a rapport with my consumer. Um, education. I want to share what I'm learning. I feel like a lot of people have clothing lines, but they're not doing. They haven't got the opportunity to be behind the scenes as I have. I've really dedicated my career and my life to learning product fit. Um, so that's just what I want to. I'm learning. That's my my um, my strength. So I want to share that with my consumer. Um, or do a better job of that, and that way they can hold me accountable for my size chart and hold other brands accountable to their size chart. Because honestly, there is no such thing as true to size. And um, Mallory from Smart Glamour is, has kind of started that. And um, I support that 100%. It's true to chart. So my size chart is very true, um, but there's always room for improvement and there's always room for education. So that is the um, the infrastructure of my brand. That's the, the clothing is an afterthought, but I, I just want them to be a passageway to talk and, and, and communicate and share and grow and, and, and fix. Now, when I say when I say true to size, I mean I can fit it and it's not too little coming from China. So that's incorrect <laughs> terminology? Um, um, not necessarily. China's a whole nother... Um, thing to attack because right they don't even they they are built differently so them making clothing for Americans um, if they're not being properly instructed how to do so um, then it would be hard for them to make clothing that fits anyway um, but not I don't I don't think that this is necessarily incorrect terminology from what I'm understanding but I'm more so speaking to what people say I, I'm a true 22 there's no such mm-hmm. thing as a true 22 as there is no such thing as a true size four. Um, a brand can say whatever they want, which brings me back to I've been working with European um, factories lately, and they do everything in centimeters. So my new kick is normalize what's your bust waist hip, not what's your size. Your size is subjective. I've worked for brands where we literally vanity size. Okay, this is a size 8, let's make it a 6. And that's fine. That's what we decided to do. Um, but they're literally identifiers. Um, but if the identifiers don't match the size chart, then it causes a lot of confusion, um, and it's just not uh, it's not lining up. It, it, it's not I can't compatible. It's, it's not making sense. So there is no true. You, I can call a size 30 apples if I felt like it. But what is the measurement? And and if you're saying that this quote unquote apple size size fits a this bust, a this waist, a this hip then it darn well better sure fit when I buy it. That you know, the whatever you were calling it, that's fine. But what's the measurement, sis, bro, sib for my nine genders, you know? Yeah. So I just really want to educate that and I'm also working to um send out tape measures, longer tape measures so that we can really learn and familiarize ourselves with our bust, waist and hip measurements. As scary as it may be, because when I was larger too, I mean getting to know your body can be super intimate. I'm sorry about the background noise. I'm actually at my office downtown, so it's real down here. Um, <laughs> but maybe I'll keep it. Sorry, one second. Well, you okay, Joe? We can still hear you. We can still hear you. <laughs> I'm by the uh, 
the fire department. But yeah, I just I it, it was hard for me to even look in mirrors at some time at some point when I was when I was really young. So I just I just kind of want to hold people's hand while while we go through that process. And that's what I'm saying. I'm not perfect in things that I'll say and. The consumers aren't. I, I just thought there's just a lot of yelling at each other. Brands yelling at people, people yelling at the brand. So I just want to have conversations, educate, teach, learn, grow, and 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 learn to love our bodies straight and plus. I mean, straight people have body insecurities too, but it's because of the man, <laughs> quote unquote, the man. And you so know, we're all taught to kind of hate ourselves. What was your biggest obstacle getting your brand off the ground? I feel like I'm still working to get my brand off the ground, to be honest, my brand's with an S. And it, it's really awareness. Um, uh, I need to do a better job marketing my product. And, I mean, that's why I'm here today. This is such a great opportunity that uh, the Curry Fashionista and Eloquy has given to people of color because, I mean, when I had my Barkwood, um, uh, when it was active a few years ago, the year that it launched, I took it to Coterie, which was Market. Um, I set up a booth. I went through all of the motions that I learned working in the industry, but I swear it's like they couldn't wrap their mind around me, um, uh, you know, a high-end plus product. I mean, I have a 12-panel leather bustier dress. I have silk button-up. Um, I was using the same vendors as Carlson at the time. Not vendors, but as far as my sample sewers. I make my own patterns and things, but I contract out my sewing. I now have hired sewers, but it's like they just couldn't wrap their minds around it. So where things have come and progressed, um, I'm really grateful for how people's minds have opened up um, to the market. So just just awareness, telling my story, telling the story of the brand, um, getting people to touch and feel the product and just really getting it out there, I think has really been um, my biggest hurdle. So what do you think has been some of your major accomplishments as a designer so far? Um I think my major accomplishment mainly is being able to um, hold the integrity of my design through my sizing from 0 to 30 extra small to 5X. Um, my development process is that I actually develop everything twice using two base sizes. Um, so my base size for sizes extra small to 1X is a medium, and my base size for sizes 2X to 5X is a 3x. Um, so I just put in that extra investment of time and money to really develop my product and just make sure that it fits. Um, and that's, everybody that's doesn't do that. that. That's why their clothing sizes is off a lot of times. Literally no one does that. And I know that because I'm on the back end watching lines and working with companies to develop their product all the time. And they're just not doing that. They're not going to invest. They don't understand the importance of it. Um, and just the integrity behind my brand is, is really what I'm very proud of, um, and that's what I'm pushing. So it's a very slow process of growth, but um, I, I, I love each and every piece. I say made with love because it really is um, and made with a lot of thought. I think about the designs. I think about how they'll fall on different body types, different body sizes. Um, and this, there's just a lot to learn, a lot to learn from each other, from my consumer and, and from me. So I'm just excited for that ongoing relationship. What do you think makes your design stand out from the others? Ooh, okay. I think my designs are, to be honest, just super cool. I mean, other, other designs that kind of cater to 
um, a wider size range of, of, of people. It, it's usually in no, sh- you know, we need gowns and um, and pieces for for red carpets as well. But there's no really cool, like, daily pieces. And I'm from Maryland. Like I said, we're known for, like, layering and just very cool street-style daywear. Um, so um, my pieces are, I don't really see that. Um, I know when I was larger, I couldn't really fit rag and bone, all things, all things um, reformation vibe. So it's kind of giving you that. It, 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 you don't have to wear everything really bodycon. Um, you can dress my pieces up, dress them down. You can wear them out at night. You can also wear them to work. I feel like they are just really clothes that you can inject your own personality into. I like to think of them as like a palette. You can, uh, well, a palette and, and paint and, and the tools to really just paint your own picture of who you are. So I feel like there just aren't many options. Um, I, I like to say I make classics. All I make are classics. So my pieces you can hang in your closet forever. You can pair them with anything. You can wear them all the time. Mad versatile. I mean, you just you just want it on your body. Nice. And so what is, well, I think we said the size range already, and what's the price point of your clothing? Oh, I love, let's talk about this, because when I when I launched um, Pine Cono, I really wanted to um, reach a lower price point, as low as a price point as I could, because with Barkwood, um, like I said, working with high-end brands, I really wanted to offer a high-end, a super high-end product um, to a wider range of body types. So I, I really I don't cut any corners when it comes to barkwood. I mean, leather, silk, like I said, the French seaming, silk and broth, it's, it's the, the, the best of the fabrics, the best of the craftsmanship. craftsmanship. Um, and that's also too why after COVID I felt almost disrespectful trying to offer this product. We don't want it this. We're, you know, the world is going through things. So time tomorrow came about, and I really wanted to – initially I thought I could actually compete with, like, the Zara's and things, but realistically – I, I can't. That's why, too, I recently had to really raise my prices because I'm I'm losing. I really haven't made any money yet and since I started, but I, I, I know I will. And, and not that it's not about that. Of course it is. I'm, I'm running a business. But um, I really believe in um, the the meaning, um, the meaning, the need for my brand. So um lost my train of thought. I, I recently had to up the prices because I'm just realizing the – I do have a degree in economics, so um, – <laughs> So you know all about money. (laughs) But, yeah, seriously. So, I mean, if you think about, like, the food pyramid, which I think we're not doing that anymore, right? But, like, the bottom tier would be, like, the Sheehan's, the Zara's, the Forever 21's. Um, And I I, I tried to compete with them, but I I literally can't because my size is really Nobody can compete with Sheehan. So I'm made in Los Angeles. Um, like I said, I'm running around sourcing everything. I hand make every pattern. I drape everything twice. I put the patterns into my computer. I do most of my grading. I actually recently got me a grader, um, a, a pattern cutter, and a sewer to kind of speed up my process. And I kind of joke if people ask me, do you sew? <laughs> yeah, I sew, but does Vera Wang sit around sewing her gowns? Like, no. That's, by the point I'm done with it, that's kind of the easy part. But Anyway, it's just unrealistic. I have to maintain my overhead. I'm making it ethically here. So I cannot complete them. So if you, about the, 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 if you think about the food pyramid, they're kind of at that tier. And unless you want to be unethical and, like, run a sweat, sweatshop, you can't 
be in that tier. So I just gave that up. So think one next um, would be like your reformations, all things, rag and bones. And then next one would be like um, Stella McCartney, um, Philip Lim, uh, Alexander Wangs, and then up is probably maybe not Gucci's and things, but Lombard, you know. So basically, I couldn't do the Shein thing. So my price point for a prime home row is about 300 and under. That's where we, we I'd love to keep things. Um, and Barkwood is about 300 and up. Um, but keep in mind, everything is just very well thought out. Um, and, and you truly get what you pay for when it, when it comes to my brand. So that is, I really tried, you guys, to, to compete with the Shein stuff. But my, my dream and my goal is to buy a factory downtown. I actually work for the people that owned the old American Apparel building. Um, they actually have clothing lines, too. I'm like, can I just stay in all this? I'm not sure. I'm sure it's fine. Um, but I'm keeping touch with them because that's one of my dreams. I want to have our, my factory be here. Um, and the more units that I produce, the more control I'll have over that if I keep everything here. But for Pinecone Row, the goal would be to get the price as low as possible. But, I mean, people got to eat. Um, I would love to pay above minimum wage. Um, you know, so all that is, is to be considered with my brand. And, and it's a growing and learning pro- process with, with the economy rapidly changing. I mean, have you watched the news lately? I'm looking right. at gas. Gas. You know what I mean? Say gas is <laughs> There's a lot going on. Now, you are a finalist for the um, Cultivate Award Year 2 presented by the Curvy Fashionista with Eloquy as the founding sponsor. Now, how excited are you about that? I mean, it's lit. I am stoked. Um, I'm just really excited that Marie Denny has really used her leverage to open these doors for us and just shine a light on us because, like I said, it's that's really what's been a struggle for me is getting people to take me seriously. I mean, people think sometimes like, oh, you, you source your things and you, you change the buttons on them and think, I'm like, no, I, I fully developed this product from scratch. So I just think sometimes it's hard for people to wrap their minds around people of color in fashion. So what the Kirby Fashionista and what Eloquy are doing is just so incredible, so awesome. And whether I win or not, just this, experience has been super supportive um, and super awesome to, to just be a part of. So I'm, I'm super excited, super grateful, and really excited to tune in. Um, my video is going to be awesome. <laughs> nice. And this competition was created especially for Black, Indigenous, and people of color plus-size designers. Now, being a part of this demographic, do you feel there are a, are a lack of opportunities for you in the fashion community, which is why this opportunity is so important? I do, I do. I, I feel like where fashion is going, um, they have shown more awareness or, or tried to, you know, um, everything is a process, so their their little attempts are cute, <laughs> but we appreciate it. And, I mean, just like Vogue doing the spread with all of the dark models um, and just seeing, like I wear my hair natural, just seeing more natural textured hair. Um, Rihanna, and you know, Rihanna can do no wrong. Um, and, and, and her line offering just all of the shades of color. But I, I just want to make sure to represent, like I said, not only on the runway and in front of the camera, but behind the scenes because, hey, fashion, we're not your prop to be used. Like, we're not just to be used for texture or for color. Um, we can develop and um, 
have our own companies and add to fashion behind the scenes as well. I mean, you guys take a lot from us anyway, let's be honest. So I just think it's important that that, that be represented um, and, and said and shown. And tell us how having a capsule collection with Eloquy will be a game changer for your brand. Well, you have two brands, so which brand would do the capsule collection with Eloquy? <laughs> I know, right? Um, I think I would want to do Pinecone Row. I think they're most comparable um, as far as their demographic, and I definitely feel like I could add um, the PCR Edge um, to Eloquy's um, to Eloquy, if we did a, a collection together, um, they have awesome pieces, I think, too, that are really good for women that are people that have um, things that they're doing daily on the go, if you will. So I just want to bring um, a, a hard factor. I love juxtaposition. So Barkwood, love, I mean, I'm sorry, Pinecone Row, Barkwood too, but Pinecone Row loves a good hard soft. Um, so I would love to, like, bring a little edge, a little, like, nails on the chalk, chalkboard type of feel <laughs> to Eloquy in the best way, but a little, little Willow Smith moment. Um, yeah. Oh, okay. Like rocker? Something like that, a little edgy. Dare I bring up Jada Pinkett, LOL, but no. <laughs> <laughs> looking to collaborate with in the plus industry? Ooh, definitely Miss Lizzo. Um, Lizzo is key. (laughs) And Lizzo on Saturday Night Live was just everything. I don't know if you just saw it this this past weekend, but it's it's a talent for me. Um, uh, Lizzo just represents um, how multifaceted we can be as black people, how how many things we've had to be and how we can just do it so effortlessly. So that's kind of what PCR represents. It's like if you want to be a pretty person, quote, unquote, pretty one day, if you want to bring out your masculine side one day, Bark was really good for that. My first collection was very androgynous, the button-ups, the suiting. Um, I just do, do, do you. Lizzo does her to the fullest. And it's just so talented, um, and 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 I just like how they're really vulnerable with their with their with their struggles, not struggles, but you know, just just what they're going through on a daily. So, Lizzo, would you have a piece with the butt out like she had? <laughs> ah, no, <laughs> never say never. Yeah, that was um, and Lizzo's funny, right? Because people say that she will um, she's crying one day, and then has her butt out the next day. But so, <laughs> so right, <laughs> right. So let her live. Okay. I feel that. So anybody else? Um, who else? I'm like in the plus community. I feel like I should. Have someone like any influencers? Any, any. Or do you have time to follow the influencers? You might be busy making <laughs> patterns. Um, I know, right? No, I do follow the influencers. It has probably the gorgeous and Kelly. 
Um, I have to look up, because not to be confused with the other Kelly, but it's um, Jasmine Kim. J's friend, Kelly, and I can't think of the name. How terrible. But Kelly Augustine? No. No. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, we we'll have to come back to that one. <laughs> so, what is the ultimate goal of your brand, Kelly B? What's the ultimate goal of my brand? The ultimate goal of my brand is to just infiltrate the plus market. Um, well, not, I'm sorry, not the plus market, to infiltrate the fashion market. Um, this is plus slim, black, white, um, and, and to really make my mark as a lifestyle brand. And the lifestyle is um, wake up and live, serve your purpose. Um, I just kind of want to take attention from, from, from certain people that, that tend to take up all the attention of the media and spread it to where it needs to be spread. Right. Um, so. You know what I mean. So that mm-hmm. is, I, I just want to get some power, um, so so I can I, I can do my part to empower others. Uh, that that's that's the goal of this brand. Uh, awesome. And do you have anything else happening that we can be on the lookout for? Really, just um, the launch of Barkwood in September, the relaunch, and back to the influencer is. Me Kelly B. It's me Kelly B. And probably her and Jasmine J. Because Kelly B. is is super fly. Love her color palette. Um, but yes, this Barkwood. Just be on the lookout for Barkwood. Um, it's coming back fresher than ever, um, full as ever. But just be on the lookout in September. And that'll be exclusively on your website. Barkwood has its own website. Oh, okay. Well, tell me your two websites. Um, PineconeRoad.com, available now. Um, and that's Barkwood's, I like to call her younger sister, because Pinecone Road is a street that I grew up on, so it kind of speaks to my younger, funner self. It's like collage-based, but still super clean. Um, PineconeRoad.com. And the other is BarkwoodClothing.com. That's relaunching in September, and that's my more sophisticated self. Um, yes, higher end silk leathers, barkwoodclothing.com. And tell me all of your social media pages so we can follow you and keep up with everything you have going on. Yes, yes. Follow at Pinecone Row and follow at Barkwood Clothing. Now, are you active on your pages? I am. Um, Barkwood is in remission a bit, if that's even the word. I apologize if that's not the right word. Um, but it, it, it has more of a coming soon um, interface. But as it, you know, it it relaunches in September. Pine Cone okay. Row, very active. Got it. Well, so we will be. Active. Okay, we will be following. I will be tagging you. <laughs> Um, yes, thank you. Follow tag. So, and make sure that you watch the Cultivate Awards Year 2 happening this Saturday, April 23rd, 2020 at 6 p.m. 
Eastern Time on Facebook Live. And so we will be watching and rooting for you. Continued success with everything you have going on. Thanks so much, Shanice. Thanks so much for having me. It's been amazing. Have a great day. Same to you and keep in touch. Yes, please. All right. Bye-bye. Thank you. And thank you to my guests this evening for being on the show. I've been your host, Shanice Lewis. Thank you for tuning in and supporting. Until next time, keep thriving in your curves and be blessed. You've been listening to The Shanice Lewis Show. For more info about the show, visit ShaniceLewisShow.com.